These are fun, off-the-cuff discussions on movies and streaming series, both new and old. Together, we'll attempt to bridge the gap between Hollywood Industry Insider and the casual viewer. This is Alec. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to the Cinema A to B Podcast. Hey, everybody. It's another episode of Cinema A to B, the movie discussion podcast that you didn't ask for. But we're here (laughs) to discuss movies and streaming shows. And Alec, today we're going to talk shop on Moneyball, written by many, but primarily credited with uh, Mr. Aaron Sorkin. Mm-hmm. And then directed by Bennett Miller. So, what are your thoughts on uh, on old Moneyball? So, right off the bat, I have an interesting thing. I am not a huge fan of most sports films. Like most typical sports films, just that they just don't do it for me. Um, I didn't grow up in a sports home. My father didn't watch sports. My grandfather kind of did, or not kind of. He did, but you know, we would see him. It wasn't like a regular thing that I would be watching sports. So just regular sports films don't interest me as much. Like I'll watch them, enjoy them, but you know, they don't, eh, whatever. However, on the flip side of that sports films about like the, the back office, totally my thing. I really enjoy this film and you know, movies like draft day, uh, or trouble without, uh, with the curve or whatever. So like kind of the, the, all the things that kind of happen around the sports team and game that's really interesting to me and i really enjoy those films so i actually really do enjoy now i also really like aaron sorkin i think his dialogue and his quick you know kind of you know that quick dialogue that quick conversations just really work and this one just kind of i really like like brad pitt i think he's a fantastic actor not just a pretty boy jonah hill i think is also an excellent um actor and this was a great film for him to kind of show that he was just not for comedy that he could actually pull down kind of that serious, more dramatic flair. This movie is fun is not the right word, but it kind of, it's that character development and you're kind of, you know, rooting for the team. It's one of those movies kind of like the the winning time, you know, like I Mm -hmm. I already know what happens. Like this is, Mm -hmm. this has all happened in the past, but yet the movie does enough to draw me in. Um, And I think also like winning time, I really liked winning time, but winning time was so much more focused on that, you know, some stuff on the court, but so much more of what happens off the court. And so like, then that's what draws me in is kind of these, these things, not just the will they or won't they at, at the buzzer. I really, really enjoy this film a lot. Um, I actually kind of regretted not going to a theater and watching this, not because there's anything on it that is like necessary for the big screen, but just because of how good and accomplished a film it is, I, I really kind of regretted not giving it its due in in a dark theater and, and then maybe a little bit of like seeing it with some other fans of, you know, baseball. Cause my, my guess is, is if you saw this in its opening run in a theater, you're probably a fan of the game of baseball. Mm-hmm. Like I yeah. can't see a movie like this being drawn a lot of just general cinema goers. Yeah. The script obviously is super tight, super smart. The chemistry between Pitt and Hill is incredible. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I love those scenes where he's wheeling and dealing with other GMs Mm -hmm. for, for, you know, I'm going to give you this trade. I'm going to do this. Oh, by the way, you're going to, I don't like my guys paying for pop anymore (laughs) or soda. (laughs) Like you're going to, you're going to cover that. Yeah. It's, it is a lot of fun. Um, but then it gets really very sentimental, very kind of emotionally charged because at the end of the day, you're right. It's not really even about baseball. This is a film about 
a guy trying to change how things had been done forever. Mm -hmm. And that at its core is what makes it so compelling is all the hurdles that he has to get over in order to convince these higher ups that this is the way that baseball teams are going to be run Mm -hmm. basically from now on, especially after everybody catches on to what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but I have to admit, you know, baseball was like the first sport that I fell in love with. I played from like second grade till I think eighth grade. And then baseball went on strike in 94 Mm -hmm. and there was no world series. And I was devastated and I kind of never forgave the game for that for a long time. And so when all this was actually happening, I think in like Oh two was when the A's were making this run. I wasn't really paying attention anymore. Yeah. So that kind of worked for my advantage because I went in super fresh. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't not really know. The I story, didn't remember yeah. Hatterberg making the hit, any of that. So I had, I just came in this really fresh viewing and obviously could tell when they cut to the real footage, which I love. And they use the real play by play recording yeah. and, and the casting outside of pit and, uh, and Hill is really good as well. It's I mean, even yeah. the guy they get to play David Justice looks a lot like David Justice. That now it's interesting because that that was a guy that was like big time when I was a kid, <laughs> and so yeah, by the time the movie is supposed to be taking, yeah, he's on the back end of his career. It's like, and I love that moment that that Pitt has with him too, of like he like or basically exactly what you just said. He's like, you're not that guy. Like I can't, you, you're not here to be that guy. I mean, like yeah, you're here to you're going to sell a couple extra tickets because you're David Justice, but you're here to help rein in these other guys of to get them on the same page of what I'm trying to do. Like he is, you've seen it all. You know what I'm trying to do here. Get on, get on board with this. It's, I mean, this is probably the greatest sports numbers movie in history where it really just focuses on that, the numbers and the stats and what does it all boil down to? And what does it make? take to make a great baseball team kind of a situation you know yeah and if you if you hear yourself talking about like this should this should be terrible this should be yeah. a terrible movie <laughs> yeah, it's like, like the most boring movie of all time and for me it's not it's super compelling stuff they just do it in a way where they draw you in to be interested in why and and all the battles it takes to get other people on the same the page battles are what makes this so entertaining yeah i mean you go from p- the pits opening kind of number basically telling all these longtime scouts that yeah the way we didn't doing this is like we're not going to keep doing this anymore and they're like you're crazy you're out of your mind and the one guy mm-hmm. just finally like lets him have it yeah and he's like you're gonna fire me and then he like curses at him he's like all right now you're fired yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but the the best interplay is between brad pitt and the late philip seymour hoffman mm-hmm. as art Howe. Every time they go at it, it's just hysterical. It's like you're oh. you're you're gonna start Hattie at first today. Oh, I don't no. think so. No. Well, yeah, you I, you are because what's his face plays for <laughs> plays for the Phillies now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like that he, like that he he he, tra- he trades Pena like right yeah. in front of his face, and he's just like, yeah. hey, by the way, you're you're gone. You're like goodbye. <laughs> he's got that little piece of paper too. He's like, yeah. this is blah blah blah. He'll take care <laughs> of you. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. <laughs> Oh, it's again, it's these moments that I really love that you don't get, you know, a movie that's just about the game. And again, it, 
I, it's not that I don't like that. It's just this, this kind of back and forth This uh, you know, these, these deals, these trying to make it work or try to get people on board of all the stuff that happens that we, we don't normally see. It's like kind of peeling back the curtain of like, this is how it really is behind, you know, to run a team of all the drama that you have to deal with, like all the craziness that happens, you know, complaining about not getting free soda or, you know, come, you know, saying that uh, he's not going to be a catcher. Oh, one of the best interplays. I love like, the quick, the quick thing is when they first go to Hatterberg's house um, where it's the, like the scout and, or one of the scouts and, and yeah. Pitt or whatever. And he's just like, you're not going to, you're not a catcher anymore. You can play first base. And he's just like, um, and he's like, is it, isn't it difficult? And Pitt's like, no, it's, it's not difficult. And the scout's like, it's incredibly difficult. <laughs> Yes. Just like, yes. <laughs> the salesman and like, no, 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 don't listen to him. It's actually, it's really, it's incredibly difficult. Yeah. And you would, I mean, Chris Pratt doesn't do any Chris Pratt things in this. Nope, he completely he plays this straight down the line. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's nothing humorous about his performance at all. He's kind of deer in the headlights for a lot of it. I love the exchange with him and David justice, like in mm-hmm. that team kitchen. And he's like, David justice is like eating cereal yeah. And he's like, you know, what, you know, what, what keeps you awake at night? He's like, uh, line drive hits first. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, really. What, what keeps you up? No, really. It's really it's <laughs> scary. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, all right, well, good luck with that. Good talk. <laughs> yeah. The movies, the movies got a lot of really humorous oh. moments. It's very light, but then I love the dynamic with Pitt kind of trying to continue to, to build this relationship with his daughter mm-hmm. in spite of, um, divorce, their divorce, by the way, <laughs> like I freaking love, Oh, what's his face? The, the film director that cameos in this, it's Robin oh, Wright's uh, husband. It's like the stepdad. Yeah. It's, it's Spike Jones. <laughs> it's the, that's the film director, Spike Jones that oh, plays, that his, plays her, his. her, her husband. And he's like real mousy. He's like, yeah, we, we saw you, you know, we saw you guys playing the other night. You looked real good. Like everything looked good. <laughs> Yeah, that's Spike Jones. Spike Jones also is, is um plays in uh Three Kings mm-hmm. with uh with Wahlberg and and uh oh, Clooney. But yeah, Jones is a very accomplished film director and music video director. He also has a great cameo in Wolf of Wall Street as the the real low-end um stock <laughs> yeah. broker Guy. scene. Yeah, he's yeah. great. He he pops up now and again because he's friends with all these other film directors and they love just putting him in as little cameos um, because he's actually a pretty decent actor. There's a lot of good interplay, but going back to Pitt's kind of character, I love it kind of that he talks about the David and Goliath story of like, you know, like I love that the opening sequence tells you like, here's the Yankees. You know, like, or like, here's the Oakland A's. This is their budget, like 39 million. And then it's like, here's the Yankees, like 110 million or something at the time. It's just like, just dwarfs, you know, the, the size, you know, three times, three, you know, three times higher than what, what they can field. And they're going kind of toe to toe. And it's kind of his wrestling with all this, but then also kind of at the end when he's get he gets that, that offer from the Boston Red Sox and Jonah Hill's like, this would make you the highest paid GM of any sport, mm-hmm. like hands down. And he doesn't take it because in the end 
He wants to, you know, he says he wants to win with AIDS. But I think a lot of it too is his kind of that the relationship that he's building with his daughter of like, like she's in some formative years right now. And like, I want to want to be there with him. And he's, so he's kind of weighing all the things because I love the fact that the last, not, I think it's the last scene or whatever is when he's driving his truck and he's listening to the tape that his daughter made. And it's kind of this like, yeah, he's not going to win with the, with the A's, you know, or he's always going to be the underdog, but his, you know, he's got his priorities. He knows what he wants out of life. Well, he has that really poignant moment with, with Hill where he's like, it's after they've broken the American league record for consecutive games one. And Hill's like, you broke the record. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not in it for records. I'm not in it for rings. He's like, I want to change the game. Mm -hmm. And so he had, like he was, he was successful in changing the game of baseball. So if that was the goal he set out, then he won. Then he accomplished it. And yeah, he even tells the guy with the red side, like, why did you take this meeting? He's like, it's, it was really out of respect because it's, it's the Red Sox. Um, but yeah, the Red Sox ended up initially being the biggest winner for Saber metrics is really yeah. what Moneyball is. But yeah, leave it to Sorkin and that other team of writers to make this compelling. What's the director's name? Is it Bennett? Bennett Miller. He has. Yeah, he directed. He's only done. He directed. He directed Capote because he, so he directed- worked with Hoffman before, but he hasn't made a movie in like ten years. Mm-hmm. Since Foxcatcher, and this got a lot of nominations, it just didn't. I was kind of disappointed that year. This didn't win anything. I think it was six nominations, and it didn't. It didn't go home with anything. Uh, it's one of those things of kind of like sci-fi movies, comedies, and sports movies don't win Oscars because, well, you know, the Academy thinks they're easier to do or easier to make or not worthwhile. Uh, and dramas do it all. And again, we've already talked about my feelings on that process because it's a bunch of just crap. Yeah. By the way, they, um, they didn't have the money to shoot in a bunch of major league ballparks. So they dressed Dodger stadium up like eight different times. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. I think they shot, I think they shot some in Oakland too, for the actual, Mm -hmm. for the A's, but the rest of it, they just tweaked Dodger stadium to make it look why not? Which works fine. I mean, nobody, I couldn't tell. And I've been to Dodger. I, we, you and I have been to Dodger stadium plenty of times, but plenty of times. Yeah. That's all like, you can eat a cheap ticket. Oh yeah. I wonder if they even still have that. <laughs> so for our listeners, there's an incredible thing. If somebody's listening from LA, we want to know if you still can go to the right field, all you can eat pavilion and spend, was it 30 or 35 bucks for a ticket? Yeah. It was like 30 bucks. Yeah. I think. Of course yeah. this is like 10, this is like 12 years ago. But you could spend thirty five dollars. <laughs> it's like fifteen years ago. <laughs> it's like oh, it was like oh seven. <laughs> no, not the Dodger. The Dodger games were later. That was like twenty. No, no, because I did it when like when I still was like had just moved out. One of my first. I think maybe that was I went with um, Preston and not with you. Oh. No, no, you were there. So that like, anyways, it doesn't matter. Two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Yeah, was, but it, if there was it thirty thirty five dollars, you could you could go into the right field pavilion and that was the only place you had access to in the park. They basically locked you yeah. in there, but it was, it was a ticket. And then all you could eat Dodger hot dogs, dogs and hot popcorn, uh, maybe nachos. Yeah. Popcorn, yeah. peanuts and, and soft yeah. drinks. And you just watch people come in there with backpacks 
and like load them up with like 50 Dodger dogs <laughs> walking out of that stadium <laughs> for to feed their families for like the next month because they just freeze yeah. those things. By the way, the Dodger dog is not a good ballpark hot dog at all. No. In no. fact, it's one of the worst I think I've ever had. <laughs> and I like the Dodgers, but their hot dogs are dreadful. Or at least definitely the the, in the all you can eat pavilion. So much of this this movie does right that you kind of get like you talk about the seamless edit or not the seamless edit, but like the invisible edit where you don't really mm-hmm. notice the editing. And like I feel like this definitely does that here. But there's so much that like there's no huge great speech, right? That you're like, oh my goodness, look at that writing, right? It's all just small moments or tender moments, but like it's nothing too big, too pronounced that's gonna make you like super drawn to it. And the character arcs or whatever are not like, it's just everything done really well, but not either over the top or not like, it's definitely not the best, but it's, you know, it's in that upper echelons. It's just doesn't rise above a lot of stuff. Like it's not, not, I'm not trying to say it's not memorable, but it's not pull you in and like, like burn this into your mind of like this quote or this moment or whatever. It's just a good film from start to finish. And you walk out and like, wow, that was, that was solid. Yeah. This isn't like one of the greatest films ever, but I don't think the subject matter was really going to ever allow it to be, to rise to that level, but it it is expertly crafted and yeah. you have high level um, crew at every key position from the writing, the directing, and then the, the director of photography He's not doing work anymore as a director of photography, but it's, it's Wally Pfister. It was Nolan's old cinematographer mm-hmm. that shot inception and the dark Knight, and the dark Knight rises and the prestige yep. and That's all these films great. is one of the last movies he ever DP'd. He did Moneyball and then he did dark Knight rises in 2012. And then it's basically he's done because he, um, tried to transition into directing, which it's not really gone that well, but Wally Wally was like as good as there was operating in Mm. Hollywood right there with Deacons. And I was always a big believer that the script didn't have to be the greatest thing ever. It had to be very good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that if you, I'm much more apt to prefer to watch a, a, like a film well-made. Yeah. That kind of operates within its limitations and is just extremely well executed. Um, I don't think I did enough of that in film school. I was always trying to figure out some sort of crazy concept story or script idea that I could never really figure out or get off the ground that I wasn't really willing to take something more simple Mm -hmm. that was solid and then try to execute it at a really high level. It took me a long time to realize that that's, that's more important. it's not, yeah, it it is because that's kind of how you hone your craft. Like mm-hmm. if you're just constantly waiting for this like amazing concept to land at your feet, like you're not going to end up working on anything. You're not going to end up doing anything. This is a very good script, excellent script. But the, at the end of the day, it's, it's guys trying to operate baseball with statistics differently than anybody ever has before. That's, that only is so compelling. Like, yeah. But I think they get everything out of it they possibly could. Absolutely. And that's that's what I love about this movie so much. The the performances are tremendous. It's one of the last movies you get with Hoffman. 
he doesn't make too many more after this. And he's not the main guy, but he's he's great. He, played, he does such a wonderful job. He, as, he had such range. He did. I yeah. mean, he did. He had he had an incredible range for him to be able to to play Dusty and Twister and then Capote and then this and almost what? famous and and then a great villain in Mission Impossible Three. Mm-hmm. Man, I miss that guy. Yeah. Um, and the master mm-hmm. was one of his last, like he's a great addition to this. Cause yeah, the interplay between him and, and Pitt as being, and them just going at it. It's funny. It's compelling. It's, it's just, and then, and then how gets all the credit <laughs> when they win, win all the games are like, Art Howe's doing an incredible <laughs> job managing a hodgepodge, you know, ragtag crew of players that nobody thought could. <laughs> But again, and that's, and that's what the, you know, Brad Pitt's character kind of like, as you were saying is like, that's not, he doesn't care about that. Like that. No, he, and one of the things I think one of his statements is he's like, they like, yeah, they're rooting for us now, but when we lose that next game or whatever, it's all going to come lean down. It's net. If we don't win it all, it's not going to matter. And that was kind yeah, of the last purpose, game, you know? Yeah. The wow. last game is what matters. It's not, uh, it, you know, this is great, but we, we lose that last game. This was all for naught kind of a situation, but yeah, what's cool is the, the executive or the owner basically for the Red Sox really does give him a lot of encouragement. Mm-hmm. Cause he's like, if somebody's not running their baseball team, the way you are in five years, they're going to be dead. There'll be dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And then he, and then he's like, Hey, the, the, you know, the guy through first through the wall is always the ones that gets bloodied. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like, yeah, I mean, he, and I think he took satisfaction in that. Like, yeah really being the first he didn't you know he didn't come up with this system but he, he was he was the was. first to implement it to have the guts mm-hmm. to implement it with with hill's character um which is a kind of an amalgamation as well like there's that's a little fuzzier i think hill's character might be there's a couple like, people i think it was yeah i think there's a couple people that it's kind of a melding of but and then i really like this i really like the flashback stuff of bean's own wrestling with just not being good enough Mm -hmm. and kind of the regret of like not you know not going to college and kind of maybe taking the the road less traveled it comes with a very tender moment too between Pitt and Hill when, you know, you've seen these flashbacks of kind of, I think at this point, like we've seen the flashbacks of him going to the majors failing and now back in the minors and kind of doing this bounce back and forth. Um, and he asks Hill, he's just like, when, where would you have drafted me or would you have drafted me or whatever and stuff like that? And he's like, yeah, man, you know, you're a good player, you know, and stuff like that. He's no, like, seriously. And he's like, no, nah, like, seventh round or something like some like insignificant, round, like, yeah. yeah, much later round, like would not have no signing bonus, no guarantees, nothing like that. And he's just, you know, and it realizes that, and that's kind of like a little bit of freedom for Brad Pitt's character to be like, yep. Yeah, I didn't mess. Like I was not right for baseball. Like baseball pr- promised me things, but major league baseball was not, what I was good. I was not one of these guys or whatever. Well, and it kind of reassured him his faith in yeah. Hill's character that he like knew how to evaluate a baseball player too. Yeah. Um, Peter like, Brand hey. where, where the value was, this definitely puts kind of the, the mystique back in baseball a little bit mm-hmm. on yeah. its evolution. And yeah, the only part I really don't like is that the Oakland A's owner is Bobby Kotek who recently, for a very long time was the CEO of Activision Blizzard. 
when we're so happy he's gone. Thank you, Microsoft. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. The, the Oakland A's owner, when he goes up and asks for more money or whatever, that's Bobby Kodak. Yep. So, are you serious? Yeah. So, was it no is longer it a CEO cameo or like what? Yeah, I, mean, what I, yeah. I I don't really know why he was there. I just What's know that that because it's always like that one in the, scene in the movie. So like, you know, when he goes up and he has a little meeting or whatever, and he's just like, we need more money. And he's just like, yeah. no, he, like, I can't give you more money. But then he's never like, he's talked again, but only via phone. We never see him again. It's just that one little scene with, and if I remember correctly, that one little scene with Pitt near the beginning, right after he loses to the Yankees. And then he loses Giambi and all these other, all the other players. He's uncredited as shot. Oh, is he? Yeah, but that no, that's Bobby Kotick. I know Bobby Kotick, unfortunately. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah um, Spike Jones is uncredited in this as, as well as yeah. Alan. Yeah, yeah. I I do love his character in Wolf, Wolf of Wall Street, though. You brought it up where he's just like, if you can sell, you know, oh. a thousand shares, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know just and then he goes on and he just absolutely destroys it, and just they're all like jaws to the floor, like what just happened? Yeah. When are we gonna do that's, Wolf of Wall Street? Uh, at some point I, I don't like there's, there's definitely a lot of Scorsese movies that we need to do. And that's one of them, but I don't know if that's yeah. the next one we do. Yeah, no, I agree. So, cause I think we're going to, we have to talk about killers pretty soon. Yeah, know? no, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, so that's Moneyball. No, yeah, it is Moneyball. I, yeah, that is Moneyball. No, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a numbers game. And as my buddy always says, it's all about the numbers. Well, I, Wraps up discussion of uh, Moneyball with Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill. You're right. That opened the door for Jonah Hill and some dramatic. Uh, yeah. His his pivot. This is his pivot movie. Probably yeah, should have mentioned that. But he de- I mean, and he does a, a fantastic job. Like he definitely earns that dr- a dramatic role because there's not a there's not not a super funny moment in it that he really plays for comedic effect. Like all the funny things he does are very much what the character would do. He's not you know, trying to play to the audience or insert funny stuff, but yeah, he gets it like that moment where he's just like, yes. Oh I yeah. Know. I love the, kind of, I was, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you did it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. We, we thank everybody for listening in to another episode. Um, we will, uh, be back on next Monday. Those episodes drop on the podcast and, uh, 2 PM central time on YouTube. Go ahead and hop over to YouTube, look up Cinema to be if you haven't, and uh, yep. subscribe. We haven't had a ask for subscribers in a while. We just took a break on that, but um, then we're not YouTubers either. I want to emphasize no. this. We do the podcast. We have fun. We extend it over to YouTube, but hmm. yeah, hop on over there. Give us a like, subscribe. We just look forward to bringing more stuff on here. Hopefully, yep. hopefully get another series here soon. Yeah. I need to get, there's some stuff I need to get watched that Alex waiting on me for. So I'll get that taken mm. care of and we can get some more <laughs> streaming shows discussed instead of just uh, feature films. So. But you and I are the older generation, buddy. Like, you know, when we sit down, we're going to go watch a movie because that's like, you know, what we grew up watching. And we don't have time to watch 10 hours of television where some people are like, well, I can watch a 30 minute episode 
I don't want to watch a two and a half hour movie, but I can watch a 30 minute episode, but then they watch six of those episodes. That's what I never back. understand. That's what yeah, I, yeah. I think. The, yeah. I think the excuse is dreadful of not being able to sit in a theater for two hours, but yeah, you yeah. can, you can binge the entire first four seasons of stranger things all in one sitting. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. But anyways, that's beside the point. Uh, all right. Yeah, we'll get a couple of, couple things. Yep. Yeah. All right, everybody. Take care. Thanks, everybody.